0: Hi, this is Tim Venable of Cornet Global. Joining me for this edition of What's Next is Machi Markowski, Chief Revenue Officer and Co-Founder at SpaceOS, a tenant experience platform company. Thanks very much for being here. And if you would, please introduce yourself a bit further and give us some of your background.
1: Absolutely. It's a great, great pleasure to to be here. So thank you for for having me. Uh, I spent... uh, more than a decade working first uh, for human resources departments at Coca-Cola and then uh, in workplace strategy, working for ACOM, working for CBRE and JLL in London. And then I was a partner at Cushman Wakefield uh, heading their workplace strategy team for Central Eastern Europe. So for quite some time, I was really passionate about how the space and technology can make workspaces really great.
0: Okay. You know, right now, the number one challenge facing corporate real estate is return to office. How to do that, when to do that, how to do it safely. Number of barriers there. What do you think is the biggest barrier to people coming back to offices?
1: I think there are plenty, to to be honest. And I would divide them into three groups. It's reality, just the objective reality of things that it's hard to assure safety then is this perception, and then is the preference. So in many cities, be that New York or London, it's actually really really hard to assure safe transport of people to to offices if if we have everyone going on the subway or tube it's, it's just impossible to to assure uh, that people would not get infected uh, then it's the hvac systems in the buildings uh, then it's all the things that you need to touch and the people you need to interact with to, to function in an office building then i think it's the perception i think even for the buildings that are really prepared and have very good solutions in place for, let's say, contactless entrance, uh, product density management, and uh, air quality sensors, I think some companies will struggle to convince their employees that the office is actually safe and that it's prepared for this new way of working. And then we come to the preference because we're in this huge... Remote working experiment, uh, and it seems to be working. People seems to be productive. They uh, they are effective. I, maybe they care about the. They are able to uh, care for their family and their own health better. So I think it will be very, very hard to convince people to just go back to the office to the way it was, uh, to working at their desk every day. I think the the nature of the, the workspace will have to change and it will really be an asset, it will be a tool. There will be a reason why you come to the office. It will not be the default. It will be to meet people, to exchange knowledge, to maybe focus if, if your apartment is, is uh, crowded or, or loud or you have small children like I do. Uh, then there would be a reason for you to come to the office. Exactly.
0: So what about technology? How can, how can technology help us in coming back to the office?
1: Well, I think it's, it can really, really help us in many ways. And I, I repeat that we are very, very lucky that this COVID crisis happened now and not 30 years ago. I mean, it's hard to imagine the impact on society and on the economy if we were in a place where, you know, video calls were were not working properly. It would be very, very difficult. But when it comes to coming back to the to the office, I think technology can uh, solve quite a few problems. And we we space OS to. Uh, to do just that. So number one is making as many things contactless as possible. So from uh, parking to using the elevator, access control, going through the turnstiles, but also ordering your your coffee or getting your lunch, if you're able to do it in a way that that you don't have to interact with other people, that actually makes you much safer. Same with guest registration. If the receptionist is not the one person everyone speaks to, but maybe uh, any guest that uh, invited just gets a QR code and can let themselves in we are actually making a lot of these things completely contactless and, and by definition much safer. Then it's the other area which is really making sure uh, that the spaces are not too crowded. One one side of it is making sure the air uh, is, uh, is clean and, and uh, changed often enough, so air quality sensors or improved HVAC systems can be of tremendous help. Uh, but then it's, the, it's just making sure how many people can come to that space. Uh, unless you have uh, really hospital-grade uh, HVAC in the building, which of course is very, very rare, uh, it's almost impossible to assure that with the regular number of people. So what, what we actually introduced is uh, proactive density management. We our, our kind of work name for it is uh, social desk booking, which means that uh, any person can uh, book a desk or any work space for themselves within the office, they can actually check who from their team is present on that day. Uh, they can also uh, book a desk for themselves and for their colleagues to make sure that all of them will be working relatively closely, closely in in the office. We we see that the social aspect is becoming more and more important. It's 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 not that will I be able to get to the office, but does it make sense for me? Is there a point for me to go to the office? So we see this as something very very uh, powerful and very very. Uh, useful. And then finally, I think there is a great role in technology to improve communication and and that's to assure that people know what to do, which areas are safe when things are cleaned and that they know that if they, for instance, use the desk before somebody else can book it, that it was cleaned. So automating these notifications to the cleaning crew and to really manage the, the, the hygiene and the kind of flow of people through through the building, and I, I would not underestimate um, how hard it will be to convince people to to go back to uh, to to the office, if the whole point is hey you used to be coming to the office just just do it again now, I think the amount of money we would have to pay somebody to come to the office if they don't believe it's safe there which ju- would just make it impossible to to bring people back to the uh, to the workspace
0: sure okay now uh, about the daily workspace experience what can be done to improve that the daily workspace experience <sighs>
1: Well, I think there's a lot, actually. So anything that we can do... So number one, improving the um, the kind of collaborative aspect of the office, that I can actually figure out where people are, the people I want to collaborate with, that I can book the spaces that exactly match the kind of uh, tasks I need to do. Uh, I think that, that, that's, that's tremendous. If I'm also able to... Uh, safely order food and just pick it up. Don't 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 wait in line. So a lot of the, in our issue report, uh, sorry, uh, report an issue in just a couple of clicks. I think there's a, we we can do a lot on on a couple levels. So I I am focusing a little bit now on the technology side, but I think we can do a lot to remove the the hustle from daily life. So whether it's finding a colleague of a certain scale or uh, getting help or, or just getting lunch safely. Focusing on providing the spaces that support the tasks that we need to do and support collaboration or focused work. I think that's the simplest way I can put it because the, the idea of by default, I'm going to the office to sit at a desk in a cubicle or in an open space, I think that's very much that. I think we will be in a place where people will be coming to the office two, three days uh, a week. Some of them will come five days a week if they're, if the role required, then will come one or two days. Uh, but I think the kind of obligation to show up, I, th- I think that's that's uh, that will be on the way out.
0: Sure. You know, we hear a lot these days just in conversation with people in, in corporate real estate and more broadly about the new normal, you know, the new normal. What do you think will be the new normal of workspaces after COVID-19?
1: So I think it'll be more or less what I what I just described. I think the remote working will uh, remain a big part of how we work. I think actually there is a lot of space for technology to improve video call experience. Uh, there's been a tremendous article in Fast Company in the last couple of days <laughs> about what could be done to uh, improve uh, the kind of record we have of any video call. so from from very not minutes but a very good Summary of that to uh, more ability to, to 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 quickly divide conversation into couple groups. I think remote. Uh, I think remote working is there to stay, and I think the tools enabling remote work, remote working, will significantly improve. So you know the Slack, the Zoom, the tools of today. I think there will be something even more uh, effective uh, in the in the coming months or or years. So I think it's there to stay. Uh, I think the office will be more of a special place. It's not a place where I routinely go for 40, 50, 60 hours every week. It will be a place where I go because that's the best way to do certain things. To meet new people, exchange knowledge, collaborate, maybe focus. I think it will be much more humanistic workspace in a way that that finally, we will be in a position to to really cha- shape our workday to, to our life, our health, and and our productivity, rather than this s- still surviving in, in certain uh, spaces uh, the culture of presenteeism where you're supposed to, where you're not at the office you're not working. I, I think this is completely dead with with COVID. And, uh, and I believe the, the new normal will be much more of a hybrid model of remote working and uh, working at the office. But I don't believe the office is dead, because I, I know we're hearing a lot of voices like that. Sure, okay.
0: And now my last question, Maciej, how is the relationship between the owner-operator and the end user in the building changing?
1: Well, I, I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even say that it's changing. I would say there's finally a relationship there, because typically when we're talking about a world of five, ten-year leases, uh, a typical asset manager, a typical landlord, well, I don't want to say they were just purveyors of concrete boxes, but they were. Very much financial players thinking about, okay, we will create an office building, we will uh, rent it to, to a big corporation for a significant period of time, and then we kind of stand back. I think what what is happening right now is this B2B business is becoming much more a B2B to C business, uh, that the WeWorks, NoTills of the world really uh, increased the expectation of end users in, in office buildings of the service that they can expect. And also the, the technology. They they want to be able to, to get into the building using their uh, smartphone as a remote control. They want to uh, be able to communicate issues effectively, get food, get help, get services. And I think landlords finally understand that they really need to have data about what actually people do in their building and what their preference is. Are. Uh, I think also that the leases will actually shorten. I think that there are very few companies today that will feel safe or comfortable signing a, a five to ten year lease. I think they will be shorter and that would also mean uh, that opinion of people will be much uh, bigger indicator as to whether a company will leave an office building today you, you can have a very frustrated workforce and if the cfo or, or head of real estate of a company believes that um, this is actually a very cost-effective workspace there is a good chance they will stay there for quite some time with shorter leases and with this kind of war on talent and with office really being an asset i think the, the, the voice of the end user will be much louder heard and I think the landlord will step in or I really believe they should uh, to, to provide better level of service and and really to understand uh, the users better and and particularly if you uh, introduce a solution like space OS into an office building you, you have very very good understanding of what actually works in your building what spaces are used uh, what kind of um, activities or initiatives you have are popular and how they are rated and you can actually make much much better decisions and i think the kind of conversation a landlord will have with occupier uh, not only with end users but with the occupier will be much more interesting it will not be okay you're getting that much space uh, for that much money and look this is a great location and maybe this is lead certified i think this will be much more along the lines We have a building that the conference suite is very well rated. Uh, People mention this in their onboarding as the reason why they chose that job. This is the level of satisfaction of people in that building. Uh, This is the quality of services. This is the quality of restaurants and and the choices people have here. So I think a landlord will be able to convey to occupier, look, this building can really become uh, a talent attraction for you. And if we add safety as a concern, I think there will be huge winners and losers in terms of landlords. uh, And those who are able to adopt and make their buildings safe and attractive will reap huge rewards. And those that won't, I I think it will be very, very difficult times for them.
0: Okay. Excellent. Well, Machi, it's been great talking with you today and I want to, again, thank you very much for sharing these very helpful insights
1: with Cornet Global. Thank you so much. It was a great pleasure. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.